It's Friday night, time to go home now. Such is the vivacious Bernstein-esque refrain that pours forth exuberantly to set the scene for the 1961 Cliff Richard vehicle, The The Young Young Ones. Ones. Hello, it's Matt. And Gavin. From Britpop movies of a certain age. Back again with another slice of poptastic 60s movie making. There is an embarrassment of musical riches on Talking Pictures TV over the next two weeks, from the very ropiest of Cro-Magnon rock and roll flicks, through to this, perhaps one of the classiest of our homegrown pop flicks, The Young Ones. Vivian, I'm going to give you a really good punch at the bottom, matey! No, 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 not those ones. Ah, sorry. The plot is a simple one. A group of plucky teenagers set about saving their rundown but popular youth club from destruction by greedy property tycoon Hamilton Black, initially unaware that one of their number, Nicky, played by Cliff, is actually Black's son. Via Nicky's musical and martial arts skills, plus the time-honoured practice of putting on a show, a compromise is reached, the club is saved, and youth culture and capitalism both win. Hooray! For all its hokey, let's do the show right here, plotting, it does stand out from the crowd of pop films of the era, setting a new gold standard, and became the second highest grossing British movie of 1961 behind Guns of Navarone. It's certainly not the usual cheaply made, script on the back of a fag packet hatchet job that so many pop films of the day clearly were. It's in glorious Technicolor for starters, courtesy of one of the best in the business, the legendary and prolific Douglas Slocum. It ambitiously combines pop and rock numbers with a sophisticated and fully orchestrated Broadway-style score by Peter Myers and Ronald Cass, all underscored by the excellent Stanley Black. The opening sequence itself seamlessly segues from show tune to rock and roll number, setting the tone for a movie that tries to satisfy them kids without alienating the adults. So this movie marks a time when Cliff was morphing from rock and roller to all-round mainstream entertainer, and he straddles both discipline with equal verve in this and subsequent films. This is Cliff and his ever-dependable backing band The Shadows' third film appearance, but first starring vehicle. As with his early singles, his first two movies, Serious Charge and Expresso Bongo, both from 59, were also surprisingly edgy affairs. This time around, though, we are treated to a breezy, glossy, big-budget, full-colour musical with Cliff the front and centre star. The teenage youth club patrons are portrayed by a genuinely youthful cast, many of whom would go on to notable careers in adulthood. The baby-faced Richard O'Sullivan, just 17 when the film was released, would go on to be a major British TV star in the 70s and 80s. Annette Robinson, soon to become the first Mrs John Hurt, became a much-in-demand character actress. Melvin Hayes, in a preposterous suit and with his hair dyed blonde to satisfy the demands of the American market, would of course reach national fame in the 70s wartime sitcom It Ain't Half Hot Mum. Zimbabwean dancer and future scream queen Carol Gray portrayed the part of Cliff's love interest Tony, although an early consideration for the role was the then-unknown but rising Broadway star Barbara Streisand. The mind boggles. The film is underpinned by the always dependable Robert Morley as antagonist Hamilton Black. He brings class and steals his scenes, if not the entire movie, without breaking a sweat. In fact, it's noticeable that Cliff raises his acting game whenever the two of them have a scene together. Yes, and Cliff, bolstered by a large ensemble, also handles his terpsichore chores well. It's another measure of the movie's commitment to quality that the choreography is provided by Herbert Ross, himself on the cusp of a noted directorial career. The director was 28-year-old Canadian Sidney J. Fury, an unorthodox and interesting figure at the start of a distinguished career. 
He was due to direct the follow-up Summer Holiday, but eschewed it in favour of the fine, downbeat courtroom drama The Boys, reuniting him with Morley, Slocum and The Shadows. He returned to Cliff for Wonderful Life in 64, before most famously directing one of the defining films of the decade, 1965's The Ipcris File. He was also in the crosshairs to direct the Beatles' debut feature A Hard Day's Night, but turned it down. This movie provided the blueprint for Cliff's aforementioned follow-ups, but the post A Hard Day's Night and Help Landscape made Cliff and the Shadows' 1966 effort, Finders Keepers, seem painfully old hat, regardless of the talent on and off the screen. That may have been the end of an era, but The Young Ones stands as one of the most enjoyable of British pop films and a classy classic musical in its own right. It's also a bright technicolour snapshot of an era in Britain more commonly depicted in austere kitchen sink monochrome. And it is showing only on Talking Pictures TV at 6.45pm on Wednesday the 1st of July. A full discussion of this film is available on episode one of our podcast, Brit Pop Movies of a Certain Age. Until next time, I've been Matt Bragg. And I'm still Gavin Lazarus.